Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the American Underground Network Collective Consciousness Show with Jim Condon, Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Fred Smart in Evanston, Illinois, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Portland, Oregon, your host, Dee Dee Farrell. Thank you, Steve. Hi, everyone. Um, Fred's off doing something exciting. He had a, his middle son is being uh, courted by Illinois University to for a scholarship, and he's not very old. I think he must just be getting out of high school. So it's pretty exciting. His kids are so talented in the sports arena. So he couldn't make it tonight. His wife's out of town, and he promised he'd stay and meet the, with this guy. So. You got me, and I welcome everyone. Welcome, Betty. I'm glad to see you there. How's it going with you? Too busy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, gosh, a lot, yeah. A lot so, going on, on uh, with the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's, really, it's really coming together. It's, it's hope we can get people to, you know, get behind it. That's what we're going to need. Yeah, so what all is happening with that? Well, there's a public law firm firmed by a group of lawyers, 
and they're using the same model as the uh, um, oh the civil rights with that. I, I I'm so tired I can't even talk straight. Uh, <laughs> the, the civil rights movement. Uh, they're, they're using that same model for the uh, lawyers' situation and how all of that and the organization and everything of how that was done. Oh, okay. And we got some really uh, fantastic lawyers that's uh, supporting this. And we got Ed Asner that just uh, uh, come on the board. Oh. Um, Asner. Lawyers Committee or, or, or the Truth Commission? I don't know if that was Jordan going back. Huh? We'll try uh, later on tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Actually, Someone, we can hear whoever you are. You got here. Let's see if I can mute this person. Okay, go ahead, Betty. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big plus to have Ed Osner on on the on the board. And yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So we're kind of searching around, trying to get more, uh, get some more named people involved, and. Uh, the big thing that I've been involved with is we're going through all of the group lists and everything from day one of 2001 uh, to see if we can contact any of those people. I mean, it's 15 years later, and some of the groups have gone, you know, aren't that active. But we don't aren't seeming to get very many emails coming back saying uh, they can't, uh, you know, find them. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, we did get a hold of one group uh, that's been quite successful with helping because the change.org um, petition is up on change.org for fundraising and also the petition for you know getting uh, getting people more interested and involved. So uh, just that business of of trying to contact all those you know, groups and everything, but uh, along the way, I'm learning a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, so you just, <laughs> yeah, that's great, Betty. That's really admirable. Is Change.org uh, still a pure organization? Because I keep seeing things, how they were taken over by George Soros or something. Is that... I, I we not... haven't heard any of that. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. No, you don't I mean, know. If you hear anything or or you get anything on that, I definitely want to know about it. Yeah, I will keep that in mind next time I there see something. There does seem to be a lag in the signers now. We don't know whether it's um, what they're they're who they're putting uh, because some there's a, there's a part on there if you donate a certain amount to change.org. They send out to so many thousand your your message on your the petition, mm-hmm. and people have been paying into that uh, to get that volume going. Right. But uh, it just seems like uh, now when John Field did his for the 9/11 uh, about the illnesses and everything for the, the insurance, mm-hmm. his went fairly slow too until he got John Stewart on. So we don't know whether that is the cause of it, but it seems when you go out and you talk to people in the public, which I did today at the vet's office, I had to bring cat to the vet office, 
And so the the vet, I gave her a card because we have a like it's like a business card right now, and it says 9/11 evidence demands justice. And then it has the Lawyers Committee website, uh, and then it has Lawyers Committee for 9/11 Inquiry Incorporated, and then Legal Action at Last for the Crimes of 9/11. Uh, because the University of Alaska, that uh, forensic, that, that yeah, Professor Halser, he's a, a forensic engineer. Mm-hmm. They've they've completed pretty much the study of of uh, whether fire took down the the Building Seven, and it's definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, it didn't. Fire was not the cause. So mm-hmm. they're, now they're researching to f- try to find exactly what the cause that brought it down. Of course, they want to get it in the scientific end of it and the engineering end, end of it to, you know, for the court. Uh, so uh, that's been exciting. And that final paper will be out on that because it's going through all kinds of processes uh, to be recognized uh uh, will be out in August. Well, if so, you go to oh, Doctor, if you go to Doctor Morgan Reynolds' website, he filed suit years ago about that building in New York, and he got turned down by the courts. But he has a good website on all the uh, on that building, on all the buildings. Would you send me that, or, or, or what is the website? Wait a minute. It's uh, no more games. No Morgan more games. Reynolds. I've heard, that. I, I've heard that. Yeah, Betty, that's Joe Bill from Mass. You and him are about the oh. same. Yeah, you and him are. Yeah. You and him are about the same age. You're the same age. So, uh, Joe yeah, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Joe Bill. So, yeah, Joe, it's good having you on with us. I've never seen anybody have more resources and uh, information than Joe Bill. So. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he can he can really appreciate what you're doing too, Betty. That's good. Yeah, well, well I, if you want to communicate and you got other stuff, let me know. <laughs> oh, he's got other stuff. Well, I, I send it to <laughs> Steve oh, about on the uh, AU network. <laughs> huh? Yep. What was Maybe that? he can forward it to you from there. Yeah, Joe, I I can give you Betty's email, and you two can communicate too. That's not a problem, but. Uh, I'll send you her, her, her. She's in she's in Chapel Hill. I'm in Charlotte, and she's about a a hundred and hundred and thirty miles from me. Did you know what's going on with the uh, uh, the lawsuit? The, the you know the lawyers committee and the, Daniel Sheehan. Now he he's one of the uh, counseling the the lawyers group. He won the case on the uh, Iran Contra affair. And he won that against the government. So, and justice yeah. in fo- on justice on focus. Uh, that event that uh, was in uh, 9/11 last year in New York. That is excellent uh, information on that whole whole uh, weekend. As well, do you know the lawyers are talking and everything, huh? Do you know who led the committee? Day. To investigate Iran Contra? Who? Dick Cheney and Lee Hamilton. Lee Hamilton was the vice chairman of the of the nine eleven commission. And oh. Dick Cheney, of course, is the guy 
who did all this. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> that Lee, part I Lee, know. Lee Hamilton should have never have been on that on that commission. No, definitely not. Hmm. Definitely not. But then uh, this, we're trying. We're trying pretty much to, it publicly to stay away from. Uh, we, we're we're trying to stay mainly to the fact that fire didn't bring it down, and somebody is not telling the truth and everything. We're not going into who or any of that yeah, other well, stuff, even though all of us know. Yeah. But but to the public. We don't want to be taking any sides of any of the theories or right. anything else. But have you Just heard of Judy exactly. Wood? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, she's big deep. She and Morgan yeah, Reynolds were in together, and if you go to his website, uh, you can bring it up. What, whose website? That's Morgan uh, Reynolds. Oh, the Morgan, oh, Morgan. Reynolds. Okay. Yeah, Joe, uh, uh, Steve Harris and Betty Smith, who you're speaking with, were the ones that started this call. So she's a very well-informed woman. <laughs> what is the name? Not everything. I always can learn. Do oh, yeah, learn. we're all still learning. Betty Smith, Joe. Her name's Betty Smith. Okay. Do you have a website? No. Uh, oh, Okay. Uh, Joe, I'll send you her. I'll send you her email. You, you two should already have been communicating, but uh, yeah, Betty does fine until our beloved host, as Dee Dee will vouch for, calls her Betty White. <laughs> Fred calls Fred. her Betty White. Fred, <laughs> Fred does that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Funny. Well, welcome everyone that's joined us. We're dialoguing with Betty Smith and. Joe Joseph Bell. Yep. Um, Joe Bell. Yep. So, uh, who else is on that would like to share something? We're having an open forum this evening. I see you're there, Doctor Sam. And Kelly. Hello. And Kelly. Yep. Yep. Hi. You want me to tell you about uh, Jack Cashel? Uh sure. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> He wrote a book on TW-800 about that flight that was shot down over oh, New uh-huh. Jersey. Mm-hmm. Well, he, in his book, he tells you that he, he was stonewalled by the entire National Transportation Safety Board, which is the same people that were on the 9-11, and that the reason you can't get anything out of people because they're afraid to lose their pensions. Remember I told you a while back that uh, everybody from the FAA, the top four officers, went to work for uh, Metron Aviation? Yes. That's the whole group. National Transportation Safety Board and the FAA and they run all the airlines. Oh. There isn't one airline out there that isn't run by the government. Yeah, right, of course. Even yeah. Air France. The CEO of Air France used to be the FAA director for uh, Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush, 1987-1989. 
So as long as they're stonewalling, you can't get anything without going through, like Betty said, uh, the scientific part of it. And I'm not into that. I've got too much invested in the individuals. Yep. Well, yeah, you know, everybody can contribute to what their their yeah. you know what their what their strengths are. Each right. person's and, strengths, and if everybody comes together and shares, that's when something can get done. Well, there's another great site out there, Kevin Ryan. Oh, I'm excellent writer. Yeah, he and is. he has all the whole story on the uh, FAA. Yep. See, if I could write like that, I wouldn't have any problems, but I can't write like that. But anyways, the, uh, I was just going through the fourth hearing on the 9-11 Commission, which was on uh, October 14, 2003. And there were three people on that witnesses that said the president was liable for it was his responsibility for the for the uh, intelligence. Two of them were CIA, and one of them was on Homeland Security. And they told the commission that the the president was responsible, and the commission did nothing. But, but they did speak out. You can't find a law, anybody in law, that will take them on. I've written to uh, Harvard specialties, Lawrence Tribe and uh, Alan Dershowitz, and uh, they just poo-poo it. They just they won't answer you because Jamie well, Gwalick, who's who runs Harvard University and uh, Amazon, and the, the law firm she took over, Wilmer Hale Dorr Cutler which was one of the biggest law firms in Washington. And she took it over in 2003 while while she was a commissioner. So how can you beat these people? I just had the FBI at my back door about three, four weeks ago telling me I shouldn't uh, send threats to these people. Uh, United Technologies, when you have three people on the, who are directors, all involved in 9-11. General Myers, Christine Whitman, the governor of New Jersey, and that's where Tom King comes from, governor of New Jersey, as crooked as they come, and uh, Jamie Gorlick. Now, these people are running the biggest organizations in this country, the defense uh, industry. So I'm just banging my head against the wall, but uh, I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> so. yep. Well, we've got to get a mass of people supporting what they, what this large group is trying to do because it won't well, work. People are so afraid. People. And Danny, Danny Sheehan said that in his uh, when he spoke at the Focus. Uh, 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 conference there in New York that, uh, like it was with the civil rights, where they're, they're, oh, they they did get the mass of people. That's the only way that this is going to succeed. Exactly. 
You can't get the veterans even interested in this. There's loads of veterans interested. Because they get uh, subsidies from the government for their post-American legion. That doesn't make any difference. There's loads of them that have signed petitions. There's loads of scholars that have signed petitions. There's loads of journalists and media. You can't get one... Yeah, you can't get one group or one person to consolidate everything because everybody's got their own little niche in there and they want to write books like Dr. Ray Griffin. If they want to do that, somebody might learn something about it. I mean, it's just... uh, Yeah, but the way they write it, the average person's not reading it. ...are coming together. If you write a book, and uh, unless you write to the... Uh, to to people at all levels. You can't just write for the intellectuals. There's many people that do write for all people. Well, you'll get them out there. uh, I've been reading a lot of... I've written a lot of books. I've done over 50 books I've gone through since uh, 9-11, since uh, 2001. And there are very few, except for Bob Woodward, and he writes about the war, but if you read Bob Woodward's, Woodward's book, he tells you what Bush is like, what a nincompoop he was, <laughs> uh, and how he was more concerned about how many of them we killed as opposed to how many of us got killed. But Bob Woodward, Woodward the, is right was, in there, uh, right up front, plan of attack was, and... Uh, the War Within. Uh, he's written three or four books on uh, on the war while he's interviewing the real people in the government. I was surprised when I found out about not being able to bring it to the international court. They've tried uh, the that. States the international court. The, the United States removed themselves from, from the whole thing, and right. this was not... Yeah, so therefore they, but see, uh, sometimes I think that's why Bush didn't travel too much overseas, because once he stepped out of this country and he and he went on the soil over there, he could have been Who's that? charged. Uh, if he, I think it was Bush. He could have been the, anybody. Anybody connected with it that had, and they wanted if they wanted to bring the criminal charges against them in the international court. If they oh. stepped foot in one of those countries that was listed with the international court, they could have, uh, you know, brought brought charges against them on on theirs when they were in their country. So I don't they think those in, uh... people. Spain or yeah, Spain. They tried an international court, and they couldn't get anywhere with it either. Mm-hmm. So, so if we can't get our a, group is a, glad they're they're hell bent. They're going to do something. We need a couple of billionaires. If, if they if if they can't succeed with what they want to do of seating a grand jury, uh, they're going to go civil civil case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, good luck on that. One way or the uh, other, they're go- they're gonna get something done. Look at April Gallup. I don't know if you know who she is. She was an Gallup. army officer at the Pentagon. 
Yeah. And yeah. Her, her department was blown up along with the Naval Command Center. And she got out, she sued the government, and then she appealed it. When she appealed it, they sent her to New Haven, Connecticut, which is Yale University. George Bush's cousin is on that, it was one of the uh, judges. There were three judges, all from Yale University. And Walker was the cousin of George Bush. He would not recuse, recuse himself from the case. So these poor kids, you know, they go out there by themselves. They can't do anything. Uh, no, you got to have you. You've got to have be organized and have a mass mass group. And this is what the biggest thing that bothers me is so many of people will talk about it, but they won't get out there exactly and, and help exactly for, yeah. get that mass group going. Yeah. Well, and the biggest organized criminals still are right in New dying. York City. The biggest organized criminals of 9-11 are in New York City. Uh, the third district court uh, attorney general of the United States has produced all uh, Giuliani, Mukasey, Mary Jo White, Spitzer, uh, Dieter Snell, who was on the 9-11 Commission staff, all these guys are crooked. They were all in Pataki's organization, administration. Pataki moved out of the World Trade Center one week before 9-11. Now, he went to school with George Bush at Yale University. And this guy, Roland Betts from Chelsea Piers in New York, uh, Long Island, owned the, owned the uh, Texas Rangers with George Bush. So all these guys are together, and they've got more money than you can handle. <laughs> so they, they keep them 10 steps ahead of us. There, there isn't anyone that's going to move them. Like Jack Cashel pointed out, that they're stonewalling us from the top, and they're afraid to lose their pensions, so no one's going to say anything. Everybody in the FAA that didn't leave after 9-11 all got promoted right up the line. I've got a whole list of those people. Even the ones that uh, the 9-11 staff proved uh, that something wrong was happening, between Linda Schusler and uh, Ben Sliney. Sliney was the head of, was the guy who brought down all the airplanes on 9-11. Well, Linda Schusler was a facility manager there. And she and, and John White were bumped. They were supposed to be in charge on 9-11. But somebody put Jack Keyes, I mean, put Ben Sliney in that position, his first day on the job. And that's where you have to read Kevin Ryan's description of that. Yeah, that's really good uh, a good point. And after that, uh, I think like everybody else, they lose their way. They just keep writing and uh, getting comments and getting money from uh, donors that uh, read their, their blogs. 
I don't know what else well, to I, say. I, 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 I like to maintain a positive attitude and energy about this whole thing because that's the only way we're going to win, being positive. Yeah. Well, some days my head just feels like it's going to blow right off, right off and I'll never die of a heart attack. I'll die of a stroke. <laughs> so, but I've got uh, some more ammunition up my sleeve. I keep trying to put it out to politicians out here. But like I say, I can't, I'm can't. i not a good writer. And they're not curious enough to find out any more about what I have. Uh, former Governor Dukakis of uh, Massachusetts. He wants to ask me what I had, so I send it to him. But I don't have the money to print out all new stuff all the time. So I sent him some of my notes and a few other things. And he just never never replied to me. He just dropped it. So people like that, I, you know, I can't do anything about it. You only hope that you can hit somebody on a show like this. Uh, Was it uh, Alex Jones? Yeah. The radio show? Yeah. Well, I've told people he's nothing but a bum. All he does is talk, and he doesn't... uh, He keeps egging people on, like uh, Alex uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh and uh, O'Reilly and these guys. They spit out a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I don't know if you know about Jesse Ventura, former governor of Michigan, I think it was. Big wrestler. Sure. He wasted, I don't know how much time, with a bunch of college kids sneaking around the hangars at, uh, in New York looking for plane parts. But he went off like... Uh, I think he lasted about six or eight months before he dropped. He dropped off. He had no information. He was he was using these kids to sneak around and see if they could find information, and he was just a, bl- a blubbermouth. And I can't believe he's. Uh, I don't know where he is now, and I I don't care because uh, they're all the same. As I just said about Dr. Ray Griffin, he's written like 13 books. And he has a website that is so structured, but they don't do anything about it. They write their books. The woman that runs the uh, website for them is writing her own books while she's Mm -hmm. editing his books. (laughs) And if you read... uh, I read a couple of uh, Griffin's books in, at the beginning, but he had his information on the FAA so bad that uh, I wrote to him and nothing happened. They hate to be corrected by somebody. So you correct anybody on the, online and forget it. You'll never hear from them again. It's, it's it's so weird that uh, I can't believe uh, this is my only uh, recreation. It's doing this it's like a like a hobby. 
but I've got over 3,000 emails, and I don't know how much paperwork I have, which probably doubles that, uh, about 9-11. I would need a secretary and uh, two assistants to get put this all together, somebody who could write. But I'm not looking for, for donations. Yeah, I'd say I'd say over the past ten years you sent me at least a thousand. <laughs> I, 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 if I knew how to handle a computer real well, it'd be even more. But uh, good, uh, you do a good job. You really do, Joe. And uh, yeah. Joe's got a good sense of humor. I mean, uh, he writes some funny stuff and draws some pictures, so he's got a good sense of humor. I get a good laugh. <laughs> this is why I think uh, God is punishing me, keeping me alive. <laughs> <laughs> now you do a good job there, fella. You do. I like it. All right, then. With that, I'll leave you, okay? All right, Joe, you good fella. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thank you very much, guys. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> yep. You too, Joseph. Yeah, Joe. Joe's in, uh, he's a good fella. He's in his 80s, and uh, I'd probably say he's the most dedicated 9-11 truther writing stuff. My God, the guy's a dictionary. I mean, he just sends stuff over, and he, he's got some good humor. He'll draw a picture of Bush or something, some caption on there. He's a good fella. I like that. He didn't like anybody to praise him, but that's why he jumped off, but he's a good guy. Good fella. Hi, Ray. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing. I'm doing. That's all I can say. I'm doing. How are yeah. y'all doing? Hey, Ray. Doing? Did, did you see the newsletter, um, Kelly? I see you're on too. But y'all look at the uh, the thing where Kim Jong Un is uh, is using Photoshop. <laughs> that blew me away. God Almighty, that blew me away. But you know, I guess it was three weeks ago when. Uh, uh, North Korea was celebrating their 150th anniversary of the uh-huh. the birthday, I guess, of the founder of the Korea thing. And uh, they on this on this uh, YouTube that's on the newsletter, it shows where they were photoshopping the uh, the uh, um, the soldiers, the uh, the parade they put on, which is pretty impressive. I watched it. I watched it that Saturday, which was uh, Friday night. Because they're they're twelve hours plus thirty minutes difference than our time frame. <clears throat> anyway, the guy showed in there where the shadows of the people aren't right, kind of like the stuff they showed for the Apollo. They're inconsistent. You look over in one area and the shadows are going forty five degrees, in another area they're going ninety degrees. So that can't be because the sun's in the same place. So it's a really really good uh, um, YouTube that somebody took the time to uh, to put up show how the uh, actually North Korea is using Photoshop to uh, show that they're they don't really have all the the power from their their uh, troops that they showed that were marching on that celebrative uh, day they had pretty impressive so oh, oh, that was yeah interesting Kelly if you and Ray hadn't seen that yet check it out though it's on the newsletter I haven't got around to looking at it yet, but I will. Thank you. Yeah, that's very impressive. I, I, was, I really I, like your really liked your joke, Steve. 
thought I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> oh gosh. I've I've never scrolled down on the newsletter heading far enough, I guess, before. Yeah. And then I see all the articles below that. And the first one I see is uh, KSA launch land offensive against Yemen. Yep. Breaking news. But I don't see what you're talking about. It's way on down. Way on down. Oh, okay. It says the the number one topic, number one topic search click that and watch the video oh investigated topic on youtube yep, yep. Well, click on that and watch that because that shows how north korea has been photoshopping their most recent parades oh that's I, thought I saw some video from there and it, and it looked like it wasn't as messed up of a country as i thought it was it no you got to get through about a minute of it and then it gets down to the meat of it and shows uh how they're photoshopping um they're, uh, which really, it, it kind of blew me away. I was like, damn. So you can see it very plainly that they're Photoshopping it. So all he's doing is using the technology that's out there that, you know, we've been doing it too. Huh. You know, with Apollo and everything else. What do you think of Trump, you guys, where it looks like it's the same old, uh, doesn't matter if Republican or Democrat, the same policies or the same projects are continued on yeah he's 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 done a quite a bit of stuff i mean he's arrested three tons of pedophilia people and there's a lot of stuff he's doing uh there's a lot of stuff he isn't doing he's not making himself very much more popular with the people that didn't vote for him but it's probably a lot harder, like you said, to do this job. And so I don't know. I'm not going to form any opinions because, you know, there's a lot more going on with the deep state than we can see. And I think it was a lot more entrenched than he anticipated. But, yeah, I'd like to see him get rid of Jared Kushner, too. But yeah, that's right. We just have to wait and see, I guess, you know, because – yeah, I I don't know. I haven't given up on him yet. I mean, I would hate to be in his position at this time in history, you know. And so I don't know. He said, He's no, he said in no unequal terms or whatever. I will do this and I will do that, and then he does 190 degree. About well, you have to on him. keep like, in mind. We're going to bomb Syria, and we should stay out of Syria. And here he starts. You know, all the major campaign things that got him elected, he's kind of, in some of them, yeah. He he changed his opinion in a week on on Syria. So I don't know if they came in and told him, here's what we're doing. And he's like, oh, "Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, let's bomb Syria so we can go get Iran in a couple more years or whatever the hell they're doing. Well, I do think you're right. He is, I mean, he is not able to do a lot of the stuff that he's trying to do. They're not allowing him to do it. The, you know, the Zionist Republicans and the Democrats are stopping him at every, completely at every level. And, you know, what you see about what he's doing that's good, it depends on where you're looking, you know. I mean, there are some sites that focus just specifically on what is getting accomplished, you know, because we're not doing it. 
ourselves, you know, and <clears throat> there's a lot more involved in this whole thing with the presidential leadership is really, I mean, it seems like a big deal, but I was telling my friend yesterday who's so hateful about Trump, I said, you know, the most important thing, I think, is for us to realize that we're creating the reality of our world. And if we're going to put hatred out there and frustration and spew all this garbage about you know, angrily about somebody, I said, you're not, I told her, I said, you're not helping collective consciousness by, you know, and then I asked her, where are you getting all your news? Because she kept saying all these things he wasn't doing right and that, you know, they've got proof now that this is happening. I said, where are you hearing that? And she goes, Rachel Maddow. (laughs) And I just said, you know, I told her, I said, Joette, you've got to expand your reality base a little bit and look at this from more than one perspective. Because I was listening to a woman named Barbara Machednik the other day, and she is a channel, um, but she calls him the trumpet, um, the trumpet, because the Illuminati didn't get their candidate, so she sees him as a trumpet. But, you know, her view on it and several other people that are looking at it from a much higher level are not, you know, they're not putting Trump responsible for this whole mess. You know, he he, he didn't start the fire, you know. Yeah. It's been burning since the world's been turning, you know, as they like to say. But I don't know. I just, I hate to speculate on negativity, even though, yes, I agree some of the stuff he he's doing is scary. Uh, I've never seen a president in the last many, many years that, that didn't do, you know, everything scary, you know, so I don't know. I try to focus on the sites that are actually covering the business of the day and what it is that he is accomplishing. But, you know, it's not all about him. He's got lots of people pushing and pulling him, but I don't know. We can't, we can't give up yet. I mean, he isn't going to be the one that solves this whole thing. We just still have to keep being educated and learning and, figuring it out and, you know, try to be a positive contributor. Well, Trump did pass the House today. It was voted in, so it did pass the House. What did, Steve? Trump Care. The uh, repeal for Obamacare and Trump Care people did pass the House. Uh, It sounded like just barely, there's 20 Republicans voted with the Democrats. There's like one, 10... 217 to 213 or something. Yep. So it doesn't things always pass in the House, then it goes to the Senate, and then it's even less. So that means it probably won't pass in the Senate, I think. Uh, if it barely passed in the House, if it's simple majority. Yeah, I'd be I'd be taking bets tonight on, uh, on anybody who wants to vote for it, uh, uh, make a bet that it's going to go through the House, I mean through the Senate. We're taking bets tonight, so uh, ready to take your your wagers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, do you have you seen the changes? I mean, are they as bad as some people think they are? Or nobody knows. Nobody's seen it. Nobody's really seen it because um. they just rewrote it. So uh, it hadn't. Even, mm-hmm. They hadn't done the official uh, the the house. I've forgotten the term they used to where they say what it has and what it affects and everything. They hadn't even written that part yet. So they this thing was so new they wrote it in. But, uh, you know, you can hear the news media. They're saying all the stuff it's going to do and it's not going to do, but you're not going to know until they get the official thing out. But it did pass, but it's not going to be law because it has to pass the Senate and then it's got to be signed by uh, Trump. So 
it's a three-stage process. And uh, the mainstream media is saying it will not pass in the Senate, and that means it goes back to the House. But it did give him a win because he had a, uh, a vote that went through the House. So that's a big win for Trump tonight, very big win. Whatever the media is saying, go about 180 from that, and you might have the truth. Well, that's true. Yeah, but, yeah but definitely. They had a big hoopla uh, over it. So, like I said, the the real the real nitty gritty is just going to be when it goes to uh, to the uh, the house. However, the stock market has been rising again, and the prices of precious metals have been coming down. So, that's a uh, you know, that's a very positive indicator right there of the uh, the times. But all it's going to take is I just hope we don't get to a mishap in North Korea because the day that happens, the stock market's going to shit in a handbag. It's going down real quick. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Did they get tech, missile technology from some other country? Otherwise, I don't see how they even have the ability. Well, the U.S. missiles that they shot in there on the Syrian base, Ended up, those weren't that great either. There's only like six out of the 14 hit something, or yeah, well, those are laser guided or whatever fancy I, ass. I was really blown away by that video that uh, this guy analyzed because I actually watched that three weeks ago when uh, they were having that big parade and they thought, you know, Trump said something's going to happen and it did too because I, I actually watched it. I watched Friday night, which was Saturday morning several weeks ago. Uh, Seoul, Korea, not Seoul, Korea, excuse me, North Korea, where they had their parade. And uh, then this one guy analyzed it and did the YouTube video, which is on our newsletter, and he showed where it was photoshopped. And I went, damn. So that really blew me away. So it's real obvious. So all they're doing is using the technology that's available, and they're getting away with it because one guy caught it, and I was like, damn. Oh. I mean, it really is. It's mind-blowing. But, you know, Steve, West Virginia, you check that out, too. Uh, I, the very bottom of the newsletter was his number one topic investigated. And uh, it's just, that is just incredible. That that was, that kind of blew me away. I even gave him kudos uh, at the bottom of it. Huh. I heard the average height of North Koreans is like a couple inches shorter than because of malnutrition and poor diet. He <laughs> has lower average heights. Yeah, that's right. Vice yeah, had a Vice had a good uh, video of uh, they rode a railroad train across uh, Siberia or a Russian rail line, yep. and then they had North Korean uh, timber camps up there cutting timber in Russia. There was some kind of financial. It was a, Russia knew about it, but they were they were practically slaves. They didn't these people that they were sending up from Korea. They I don't know. They just used to being working in like a Prison did camp he, or something. Did he tell him the joke? What the main religion is in North Korea? Must have stepped off. Oh, she must have. Oh, sorry, Steve. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was mixing my food on the stove, so I muted well, my. Don't worry about it. I, I, I was going to say at the newsletter. I don't know if y'all caught that, but uh, the the little Jaybird's corner joke I had in there. I said, "What is the largest religion in North Korea?" And the answer is <laughs> Crystal Methodist. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Crystal Methodist. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. They just kind of like maybe they could just be another boogeyman. They're not for real, North Korea. You know, if, if you watch that video, that like I said, that blew me away. I was like, damn. And you can see it. I mean, it's as obvious as the uh, as huh. the, uh, the the stuff from the Apollo project with the shadows and everything else. But like I said, this was this was real obvious with the people they've got standing there. And the guy moved, froze, and moved some images to where some other pictures were and showed the difference where the shadows were, and they don't match because the sun's the same. <laughs> and if you got oh. in different places where where the troops are standing, then they've been they've been doing some photoshopping and and placing images within the the, the frame, and and that's exactly well, what. Well, what, what was the deal with where it looked like there was somebody on a pogo stick bouncing all over the parade ground? Do you know what that was about? Uh-uh. No. It's like, well, they're talking about the whole thing with the, uh, you know, shadows and all that. There's this guy, one guy bouncing around the whole parade ground uh, on what looks like a pogo stick. Oh, well, yeah, he was just, he was just, he, you're talk, you did watch it. So, yeah, all he was doing was just, he was just making fun of it, but he, he moved it around to the other side. Oh, so he, he added that in. Yeah, he added that in, but he he froze. Oh, the okay. He was just he was just farting around. But actually, I, I'm the one that complimented what he did because he made a good analogy and showed clearly that they did Photoshop it. So it's pretty good find, pretty pretty incredible find. So I gave him kudos. That was the comment hey, hey, that was mine. They got they got practice if China's going to go to the moon. <laughs> uh, not. No, not uh, well. You know better than that, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm pulling your leg, Ray. I saw the the thing you sent me too. That was very good. The, uh, the thing from uh, the Russian guy, the Russian vids. I watched that. That's a pretty good video. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to respond. He the only thing, and I like the guy. He he's got some good information. He just he really goes off on his tangent with the. Uh, the foul language, so that's why I don't put him up on the the newsletter. But I mean, his information's good, and he's right on target. And uh, yeah, I people, didn't send that to very many people because yeah, uh, I like it. I like it. I like. I really do. I think he's very good. I think he has a lot of information through. But it doesn't bother me. But somebody else it might. So that's. Oh, funny. I know. I agree. Yeah, but I mean, I do like his work, and he's he's right. He points it out and he he describes them and uh, uh, I, I I I can't really criticize the guy for his information and the way he he uh, frames it. But uh, as far as the you know some of his some of his use of verbiage, it's just a little too strong. In that particular video, you can tell he is drawing a conclusion, but uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not what you call ironclad evidence, but it it sure looks that way. I agree. No, I you know, I thought I thought it was good good video. It, it pointed out the guy said it plainly and they said, Okay, you know, they you know. Who are you talking about? There's a video Ray sent me about um um where in mainstream media the guy was describing um what was he actually talking about, Ray? And he said on the flat plane, the flat earth you cannot, oh. yeah. But I got you. Well, now, wait a minute. That's a different video from what I was thinking about. 
the Russian vids, the Russian vids that sent it over. I mean, that that did the video. And uh, Russian vid is is the author's name that put the YouTube together. Oh well, I was thinking about a different video altogether. I believe. Well, that's the one you sent me. The most recent one. I looked at it. I have to go back and check and see which I sent when. Yep. Dr. Sam, what are you doing these days? Not much. <laughs> I just read a good email that uh, Ray sent me. Which one are you talking about? That <laughs> one minute long, Ray. You ought to discuss that one. Oh, now that's the one I thought Steve was referring to. Well, I think it's the same one. It's the Russian, the Russian vids. The, the guy uh, about, Is it about 46 minutes long? I don't think it's that long. Right. Yeah, it's a different one. Uh, before I forget, um, Dixie, I was going to acknowledge James responded back to me that uh, you weren't feeling good. I'm, I'm Heard you speak up, so I hope you're feeling better. So I, I meant to ask that. So, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> Somewhat better. That's good. I'm sorry to hear you were under the weather, and I didn't want to acknowledge that. I did read James's note, and I wanted to offer that I hope you get feeling better real soon. Well, we're we're, think, well, we're trying to decide if it's appendicitis or gallbladder, so we're not sure. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't go to doctors at all, so I'm just sort of making my way through it. Dixie, do you know about um, uh, castor oil uh, pack? The castor, no, the castor, no, I, no, I don't, but what I did is I bought some prune juice. <laughs> well, maybe that'll work. <laughs> you brought some what? Prune juice. Oh, yeah, well, if, you, if, if it hurts, you know, on the outside... In that area, if it aches, you know how your liver aches or your gallbladder can ache, you know? It's I don't on the know right what... side. The liver's yeah. on the left, yeah, so it's on the right side. So Yeah, well, that that's, where the, that's where the liver gallbladder is, is, is and the appendix are on the right side. No, my liver's but, on the left. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry to tell you that, but <laughs> um, well, anyway, tell her your remedy. Well, you take a piece of cheesecloth and you soak it. Uh, you know, like I would use a foot. You know, good eight to ten inches across, and maybe another eight inches up, and then put a whole bottle of um, castor oil on. Soak up the cheesecloth. Lay it on a piece of plastic. And lay it over your entire right side there, liver, gallbladder, appendix, all that. And and then, you know, put another towel or plastic over the top of it, and you can even put a heating pad on it, and that will make a huge difference in the discomfort that you're feeling, whether it's the uh, the liver or the appendix or the gallbladder. <laughs> but that that is a really good home remedy um, for liver stress and gallbladder and appendix, you know, and it, it kind of brings things to the surface. In a positive way, you might be able to tell which organ it is, but I guarantee you, your liver's on the on the right side of your body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try that. 
Mm-hmm. So soak it in in cheesecloth or the castor oil. Mm-hmm. And until it's completely it. covered. And then put a piece of plastic down and lay it over there and lay like that. And you can put other plastic across the top in a heating pad. It'll just pull those toxins right out of there. <laughs> I like to use a hot water bottle on top of it. You can do that too. Yeah, I just did a session with a woman that was having a lot of pain and we took it all away just recently again. Well, I, I, I honestly, I just try I, I, to be really positive. I think that's a great idea. And uh, the other morning, I got up, and the first thing I, when my Wi-Fi works, I can get music. And I, there's a great flautist by the name of, oh gosh, now his name just escaped me, but George Sanfier. And man, and he plays this flute, uh, the Lonely Shepherd Boy. And I, I started playing that, and I opened up the trailer door, and there was a little bunny rabbit out in the yard. The buttercups were blooming. I thought, this is great. <laughs> because if you're positive, good things will happen. And the universe does hear us. I do believe that. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, because all ailments, most of them are based on an emotional situation of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep throwing the negative stuff out there, and then the black clouds and lightning and all that stuff will follow you around. You attract it. Well, I hope Fred's son gets his scholarship. That would be terrific. Well, I shared that story with you, Dee. That was kind of exciting. He was he was giving me the the scoop on that, and he said, you know, they're coming out to interview at our house, Steve, and um, I think it's Illinois State University, and uh, about the scholarship. And I said, wow. I said, you mm-hmm. definitely don't want to be on the show Thursday night. I said, you know, you deal with that, and uh, yeah, he was pretty excited. And I said, that's that's incredible. So. That'd be two two of his sons that would uh, have college scholarships. Mm-hmm. Good. So it pays for all the efforts that Fred's always spent, you know, coaching and training and getting his his sons all involved in sports through all these years. So yeah, that's yeah. no small no small chore with all the money it costs to outfit them, you know, and drive them to games in other states and. Yeah, the time, coaching, and training, mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, equipment. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah the fences and everything. It's a lot of work. So, yeah, that's a that's a really really nice nice thing. So I'm sure that's going to work. Yeah, out. if it pays pays for them to go to school, I think it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. They got they got athletic scholarships. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, his son, his oldest, is in. Uh, Connecticut, he got a full baseball collegiate uh, scholarship. So his oldest, he's, he's in his second or third year in Connecticut. Yeah, you have to have really good grades uh, also to get, you know, of course. So they've, they've gone to private schools, I think, 
Catholic schools. Yeah. I mean, that's almost like having a full-time job plus going to college or at least football and basketball, I think, is about that way. Yeah, well, that's what they've been doing all during their school years is playing in basketball, baseball, football. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they they uh, they did all the sports. So when they were junior high and high school, Fred had them doing everything. They were doing football during football season, basketball during basketball season, and they went out for uh, baseball. So they played all of them. So, yeah, he had his boys involved uh, in all sports. Yeah, I I don't think that they do a lot of the stuff that other teenagers do, you know, for recreation. They seem to be really family-oriented and know to the grindstone. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And they're very athletic, too, because he's not tall. I mean, not short. He's tall. He's like six foot plus. And uh, so when they go hiking, they go to Arizona and Colorado, and they, they, they do it as a family deal. (laughs) <laughs> I've got the Christmas mm-hmm. cards to prove it. <laughs> so You've got what? The Christmas cards to prove it. <laughs> it shows yeah, them. I know. I got a, <laughs> I got a whole bunch of them too. Every year they they send out these yeah. great pictures. Yep, the family Christmas cards. So yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. So I'm I'm sure he'll get that scholarship. I, I said no doubt that's going to work out. Can I share something? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, when I was up in Alaska in the Juno, in Juneau, and there were ski slopes, and uh, the attorney I work for up there, he asked me one day, he said, you know who's the best skier here, don't you? And I said, no. And it's a one-legged man. He only has one leg. And he wow. The best. Yeah. And see, the human spirit can... can overcome a lot and it's a matter of believing that you can do it. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, look at one of the most popular rock and roll bands there is and and, uh, drummer is what got uh, one one arm. He lost one. So that's Leopard. I mean, they've got their drummer's got one arm and they rearranged the drums where he... uh, uses his feet to uh, mm. play the percussion. So, what band you know, is that, Steve? Is it, is it Kiss, or what, what was that band? Uh, Death Leopard. Death Leopard. Yeah, the oh, drummer, Death Leopard, yeah. yeah. The drummer has one arm. One arm. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't uh, even imagine how he's doing that. <laughs> does a hell of a good job. Yeah, I've, I've seen him before in Charlotte. Very mm. good. Years ago. Years ago. So yeah, there's you know, being handicapped is not really you know, it's what's inside of you, and uh, that's why you know I like Joe Bill. Joe Bill's got to be 82 or 83, and he's relentless with his uh, 9/11 research. I mean, he's an older guy, but man, he's like an encyclopedia. So that's why I like to give him some credit when he comes on and talks about it. And he sent me thousands and. Thousands of emails. My God, that guy's—he's—he's just—he's overwhelming with the information he has. He's collected. Good fellow. Wow. 
like Bob Jungles too. He puts out every day at least fifteen. Oh yeah. Good documents. <laughs> yeah, he's in his he's in he's in email he's in his late seventies. He's in his late seventies. Mid to late seventies. I don't remember whereabouts. He told me his age. Yeah, he sends a lot of stuff out. You're right. Stays busy. Yeah, he's even monitoring um, the ETs and everything. It's pretty impressive. He goes from the whole spectrum. I saw some interesting things. One interesting photo. Okay. What's that? It was a photo of a newsstand in France <clears throat> with all the news magazines on a street corner, and every one of them had a picture of who's running against Le Pen. Oh, yeah. Macron or... Right. Starts with Mac- but, yeah, every every front cover of every magazine had Macron, and none of them had Le Pen. There's like 20 different magazines. That's yep. a good example of mainstream media. Yep. Where all just one candidate. Yep, you're right. And then the other one I saw was, remember Dolph Lundgren, the great big blonde-haired guy the that uh, Rocky Three, he finally, Rocky Balboa movie series. Yep. And then he continued on to make a lot of movies. And then somebody was bitching about Bill Nye, and he's got, a, I forget, they showed what degree he had. And then, I don't know, maybe I didn't bother to check it, but then they claimed Dolph Lundgren had a master's and had a couple master's degrees and was a Rhodes Scholar, had a degree in chemical engineering and, I don't know, a couple other degrees. And I was like, wow. Really? Maybe that wasn't true. I should have checked on, checked and seen if... Hmm. Who are you talking about? The guy that played, uh, fought against Rocky in one of the Rocky movies, that Dolph Lundgren, oh. and then he's made a lot of low, or I don't know if you call them low-budget movies, but he's had a good career being a movie actor, and I guess he's got a PhD or a couple masters, and and they were illustrating how Bill Nye is not the big science geek, but here's, and then they were showing Dolph Lundgren for... Contrast to Bill Nye. Yeah. He's real big uh, climate warming stuff. He's a big proponent of that. Who is the this guy you're talking about? Yeah, Bill Nye. Oh yeah, Bill Nye is full of hot air. I mean, yeah. he's got a degree in mechanical engineering, BS, and you know he, he's he's not some. He's just a front man. Yeah. Kind of a spokesperson. Yeah. Oh. A mouth a mouthpiece. You know, I watched uh, a pretty interesting YouTube. If you ever get a chance to see that, it's really good, especially Ellie, you, and Steve. 
because um, you, you can relate with it and understand the jokes. But uh, I watched, uh, I guess it's about an hour and 30 minutes, but if you go to uh, on YouTube and type in Bob Hope's um, 1967 Vietnam, Vietnam Christmas show, that is phenomenal. I mean, it really is, because they went to, God knows, they went to probably 15 different bases, and they show the highlights from uh, from the show, the USO show, and uh, Raquel Welsh and uh, Joey Heatherton. Man, what a dancer she was. My God, she's still alive. She's in her 70s today. Is she? And she's like 74, but man, back in 66 and 67, that gal was something, and she could dance. But the shows, oh, yeah. oh yeah, the shows and showing the faces of these guys, you know, you know, in these areas that was just, it was, it was terrible. Uh, I mean, were these, you know, the combat areas they were in Vietnam, but, but the show they put on, and Bob Hope was, you know, a hell of a good guy, but the jokes and all, it's hilarious. It really is, because they call it LBJ's uh, barbecue. <laughs> you know, LBJ sitting in Texas, but they called it a barbecue there in, in the in the uh mm. area. I watched the whole thing; incredible. But uh, the thing is, the the gist of it is towards the end was there was no really political thing. These were Americans, and and the what he did and the group did and, and the uh, the uh, actors and actresses that went over there to do this for the American troops is incredible. I think that went for 66 and for 67 and uh, was really, really impressive. But I, I had no idea. I, I remember hearing that name, but that really hasn't been what a. I don't think she did too much on TV, but she did a lot of stuff with Hope and all. What a dancer she was. My God. Back in 667. Pretty interesting to watch. You want something to see that's pretty good, watch that uh, kind of a nostalgic thing from way back. Interesting. Okay, I give up. Crystal Methodism or <laughs> Crystal Methodist? I don't get it. Yeah, that's uh, that's Crystal Meth. That's uh, what what the joke was. Didi called that one, but. Uh, yeah, if you Google that, just Google it, put in Crystal Methodist. That's what that is. That's slang for crystal meth. Oh. Not, yeah, that's – I only saw that because it was funny, and uh, I knew what the joke was, but uh, a lot of people wouldn't get it unless they heard of it. But, uh, yeah, that's – I had to actually put it in Wikipedia to see what it was. But, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> things, that's saying the, the North Koreans are on crystal meth. So they call it crystal oh. crystal Methodist. <laughs> that is pretty okay. funny. Can can I mention something? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how many of you on the call know about uh, Colonel Dan Marvin, who was the author of the Expendable Elite, and he was the uh, head of he ran in the Vietnam uh, operations for. The U.S. government wanted him to assassinate uh, uh, the leader of another country, and he'd become a Christian, so he refused to do it. Have you, are you all familiar with him? Expendable Elite? I don't 
like I am. Not either. I see I here like one from 97. He was asked by the CIA to kill a Kennedy assassination autopsy witness named William Pritzker. And, and uh, Colonel, Colonel Marvin has passed away, but he was uh, in his, I think, 90s. He lived up in New York. But the man was a true patriot uh, for this country. And uh, anyway, in his book, um, some of the things that when I read it, and he sent me a copy of it, is that uh, Martha Ray, and I don't know how many of you remember her. I remember and, her false teeth commercials. Yep. Yeah, well, she was a CIA agent. <laughs> you know, so he, he goes into here and into his book explaining what really went on in Vietnam and uh, and he, he had to go he because the he was a Green Beret Special Forces, the Green Beret the Special Forces organization uh, tried to get him not to publish the book that he published because it was the truth. And they had a trial for him down in Charleston, South Carolina, which is where I met him. And he won his case against the U.S. government and the Special Forces um, and was allowed to publish that book. Uh, Chris Mulligan out in Oregon was the only uh, trying to publish, and that's T-R-I-N-E is to publish the book for him because he could find no one else to publish the book. But uh, Martha Ray, anyway, she was one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how'd you like Charleston? That's a place in Dixie. Isle of Palms. My favorite city in the U.S., that is such really? a great place. Oh. Isle of Palms, that's a beautiful beach. But, yeah, Charleston is just is such a neat place because uh, they've got that, the uh, you know, Fort Sumter, which was one of the uh, the key points of uh, the, uh, um, the Civil War, is where um, that they had their defense system set up where the, uh, the Confederates would, Keep the um, the ships that were coming in from the from the uh, the Union that were trying to bombard Charleston. So they had a, a fort out there, and they mm-hmm. know, had cannons and everything else set up there. That's actually where the first submarine was uh, launched, and it was not a U.S. It was actually the first submarine that was actually ever used anywhere in the world was uh, used by the uh, Confederacy and uh, the Monitor. I know. I. I saw that. I, I've seen that submarine. It's amazing. Yeah, and they, they recovered it. And, and you can see the history of it, but they actually recovered the uh, submarine, and it was always rumored that the, the captain of that had in his pocket, uh, I think it was a 1949 $20 gold piece, which in today's time is equivalent, depending on the grade and everything. It was just standard anywhere from $1,200 to couple thousand dollars but anyway he had a twenty dollar gold piece in his pocket that he was in a prior uh military thing the guy was a lieutenant he was shot in in his pocket or in his 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 best pocket he had that and it had a invention where the bullet hit the the gold piece and it it saved his life so it, it was it was you know 
uh, rumored he had this in his pocket. He always carried it with him, and I, I guess he had his fiance's name or something inscribed on there. But when they pulled that submarine and found it near Charleston, pulled it out of the water, and it's in a museum now in Charleston, uh, you can go visit that. They found the gold piece. They've got pictures of it on the internet. It's incredible. So, and they even have souvenirs you can buy a remake. That's brass, I think, but uh, of the indention of that twenty-dollar gold piece. I got one. I, I actually somewhat of a coin collector, so I said I got to have that. I think it was ten dollars, but uh, really, really unique. And you can go see the original they have down there. But kind of an interesting history. But yeah, that was the first submarine that was used in warfare. Was actually the uh, Confederacy that uh, had that uh, commissioned and actually went out there. And so the way it worked was it wasn't really a, a torpedo that was launched, that they were had a, a long rod that was about 10 or 15 feet long, and that they had just attached to a, a bomb. And so, you know, uh, where it was like a, a steel torpedo, and so they just went out there and rode until they got close and just kind of speared it into the side and it exploded, and probably the remnants of the explosion caused them problems too, so they, they ground the suffering sank, uh, but they accomplished what they they did. They sunk that ship. So, kind of interesting the way it turned out. I always prefer to call it, call it the war of Northern aggression. Yep. But there's nothing civil about war at all. <laughs> of course not. No, these are brothers against brothers. So, But it just shows you, you know, and, and of course Columbia was unique because that's where all the money was printed. Columbia, South Carolina was where all the Confederacy, uh, Confederate currency was actually printed up. Well, how many people died? In this, how many Americans died in the Civil War? A shitload. I don't know the number, Sam. You do, obviously. About a half a million, isn't it, Sam? 620,000 Americans. Half a million, you're right, wow. right? Over wow. half a million. 620,000. 620,000. Yep. Wow. You know, what was it's the, the population? most lives we've ever lost in any war we've been in. Yep. No, you're right. If you take the number of people lost in World War One, World War Two, and the Korean War and Vietnam War, it comes out to about six hundred thousand Americans killed. So, in other words, six hundred twenty thousand Americans died in the Civil War. And that's the total the World War One, World War Two, Korean Vietnam War. So my my opinion on uh, Lincoln went down. Because what was the population then? Consider if you take the population of the United States, then 620,000 Americans on the Confederate side and Union side died. That doesn't include the wounded. Wounded. So it was a horrible war. Right. Yeah, and it probably doesn't include the women and children and Indians that died as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, and for what cause? You know, what what well, this tribalism? For what cause, really? You know, I mean. Right. Man fighting man and flashing, burning, killing. And, and their you know the I French mean, and like... British. The French and British were 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 going to come in on the side of the Confederacy. Did you know that? No. They were they were down in Mexico, ready to come in on the side of the Confederacy. And Russia told Lincoln, the Tsar and Russia told Lincoln that if you need help, we'll come help you. So Russia sent a uh, 
fleet of ships into San Francisco Harbor in uh, New York Harbor, one of those harbors, and the uh, French and British backed down. See, the British always always wanted to take back the United States since they were over, since the Revolutionary War. And, you know, they fought the War of 1812 to try to get control of the United States then. Then, uh, you know, they burned on the, uh, they burned on Washington, D.C. So that meant that uh, the British, they always wanted to take back America and bring it under the control of Britain since the Revolutionary War. The Britain's always been a bad country, terrible. They got us into yeah. World War One with the Balfour Declaration. Wow. Yep, it's a lot of pedophiles over there <laughs> too. Shifting queens. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. <clears throat> oh, I'll open up a can of worms. Who killed? Who killed? Who was responsible for killing JFK? No, LBJ. But <laughs> with a bunch of other people. I mean. What are you thinking, Sam? I don't know who's at the top of the food chain, but I know a list of people who were in on it. Mm-hmm. I, I just read the latest edition of Final Judgment by Michael Piper. I know what he's going to say. Yeah. The Mossad, CIA, and Meyer Lansky's Mafia. Oh, okay. All three, all three were in on it. <laughs> Even the Secret Service was in on it. Mm-hmm. And George H.W. Bush. And definitely Lyndon Johnson. Yep. And, yep. Yeah, gosh. And maybe E. Howard Hunt. Mm-hmm. It gosh, wasn't it. Lee Oswald. <laughs> no. Not a chance. <laughs> And then Jack Ruby kills him yeah. before he can say anything. And Jack then, Ruby, Jack Ruby's tied in my lap with Meyer Lansky. And then Dorothy Kilgallen meets her end because of that, because she was going to report what she learned from Ruby. Have you ever seen the video of? Um, Oh, what's the guy's name? I keep drawing a blank when I'm trying to think of his name. I know his name. Help me, Sam. The the lawyer that used to work for the Spotlight Paper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the hell is that? Um, Lane. Oh. Mark, Mark Lane. Lane. Yeah. Mark Lane. Uh, have you ever seen the video? It's in black and white, where he goes around. He's a young man then. Mm-hmm. And interviews eyewitnesses of the assassination. Mm-hmm. And these people, they've got stories to tell. I mean, they, you can you can watch them and listen to them. You can tell they're they're not just making stuff up. And then one by one, each one of them dies a mysterious death. Yeah. Afterwards, Dorothy Kilgallen. Someone pushed her out of the window. She was going to write something. I forget what it is. Yeah, she was the only one to interview Ruby without the sheriff's deputies around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruby, he had cancer and he died suddenly. Yeah, they probably gave it to him. 
you knew that Mark Lane's dead, didn't you? Hmm? You knew Mark Lane has passed away, didn't you? No, I didn't know he died. Yeah. He wrote a couple of books, though, right. on the Kennedy's, uh, Kennedy assassination. Well, he would have been an interesting guest for the call. Yeah. And Mike you know, Piper. He, he had a knack for showing up in some very strange places. Like, for example, he was down there in Jonestown when they when they uh, were going to drink the Kool-Aid, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, what was he doing down there? What kind of connections do you suppose he had to, to put him in, in that location? I don't know. That's always made me real suspicious of him when I found that out. Yeah, that's that what well, he was. I agree. He was the lawyer for uh, Spotlight. Yeah, because the uh, Jonestown thing, that, that was uh, evidently a a project of mind control. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just some kook uh, acting alone, no more than Oswald was some lone gunman. Well, a lot of those people that decided, hey, I don't want to die, though, you didn't do it. They had a gun on you, and they shot you with a syringe. So you took the drink, whether it was uh, via mouth or via the arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark Lane, he, he lived from 1927 to May 10th, 2016. Wow. How about that? Well, Born in the Bronx and died in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. And then you get then What are the reasons why they wanted to kill Kennedy? Well, he wanted to go back on the gold standard. Yeah, and he was wanted full disclosure on the ET cover-up. And he didn't want uh, Israel to get nuclear armaments. Yep. And he was going to get rid of That's what he was going to get rid of. James James Forstall, the reason he lost his life was because he did not want Israel to be formed as a state. And so later, that uh, increase with Israel, what caused uh, JFK, his fall as well. If you cross that agenda, it becomes real hazardous to your health. That's the truth. Well, he was going to get rid of it. I've seen it one time on the internet. I can't find it anymore. I wish I copied it. But there's a photo of James Forstall and a very young JFK standing behind him. Wow. Who killed Forstall? Whoever (laughs) And Admiral Byrd was in there with Forstall. Truman did. He fell out of he fell out of the window, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah, he's going to court. Well, JFK was going to get rid of the CIA. He's going to get rid of get us out of Vietnam. He's going to keep uh, Israel from getting nuclear bomb, and also from China getting nuclear bomb. And he did put the uh, U.S. nose, but uh, Michael Piper said that's not true. You know, you know the difference between the U.S. note and the Federal Reserve note, don't you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In 63, you could get U.S. notes in circulation. I have a couple of them. They're issued by the government interest-free, where the Federal Reserve is a, uh, it's, it's, it's issued with interest. 
It's a dead end. A dead instrument, right? A debt usury, yeah. Yeah, U.S. debt. I think some of those are red seals too, aren't they, Sam? The red. I've yeah. Got some, I've got some of those notes. Yeah. Pretty good shape. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're pretty, pretty well, uh, pretty nice collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. For the Civil mm-hmm. War, six hundred twenty thousand Americans died in the Civil War. That's horrible. When I when I find that out, it was it made me sick. I know, and to think it's still going on, you know, that's really, ugh. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, uh, the first branch of the United States Mint in Philadelphia, the first branch ever put into operation, which is authorized by Andrew Jackson, was here in Charlotte. Charlotte branch of the United States Mint was the first branch of the United States Mint. And that operated until the Civil War broke out in 1860. and the mint branch or the building was used for a uh, Confederacy hospital. That's what they converted it to because there's so many, so many injuries and deaths and everything else. But the injured, they converted that to a hospital. So kind of interesting history there. And then later, in the early 1920s, a group of women here in Charlotte raised money to save that building which was on the street downtown Charlotte. So they disassembled it and then rebuilt it to the specs of what the United States used back in eighteen forty three or eighteen yeah, eighteen forty three I believe. And rebuilt it in uh, off of Randolph Road here in uh, Charlotte. So kind of interesting. Now the same building is identical as what it was back in the early 1800s, and uh, they still have the original presses. They used to mint the gold coins, and they still got to have gold coins, but it's called the Mint Museum, and a lot of the things they show there are artwork. But it's just interesting there's so much injuries when the Civil War broke out that the, the city of Charlotte and the state of North Carolina converted that into a hospital and, of course, confiscated all the that that were there to be uh, minted. Yeah, and then as soon as, as soon as Johnson became president, he uh, he faked that golf and Tonkin resolution. I mean, the golf and Tonkin uh, incident and got us into the Vietnam War. Oh yeah, he he, he just yeah just like uh, yeah just like Bush got us in weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And we went to war in the Willie Rock on that fake weapons of mass destruction which weren't there weren't there weren't any. So that's another false flag. It's yep. a long we're list. In, we're still in the rock. And now we created ISIS because ISIS is running rampant. It's crazy. It's all planned. Biggest, it's all theater. The biggest asset in uh, in uh, Afghanistan is opium. Opium. That's uh, one of the biggest cash crops there is, and that's no way the United States is going to let go of that because that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, right. that's I what do. the military is over there guarding, isn't it? The peat yeah. poppy field. Exactly. And so, 
the the planes that Ray and I talked about the length with the planes that come into uh, uh, Camp Lejeune or Fort Bragg here in the Carolinas, you have the uh, United States government's out there inspecting those planes and what they unload off there. No, they don't have to go through customs. It's not a military base. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah, 95% of the heroin now is coming from uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. The Taliban destroyed all the poppy fields when they were in fire. And you know, you know here latest, the latest, uh, there was a plane that uh, the government plane was flying from Colombia and it crashed. Guess what was on it? Now, this is a U.S. government plane. Four tons of cocaine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was coming into uh, Mena Airport down in uh, Arkansas when Clinton was governor. They were flying the cocaine in. So the CIA is behind the cocaine, behind the drugs coming into the country. Right. That and the Clinton Foundation. I heard he was just about dead now. Have you guys heard anything about that? Which one? Bill Clinton? Bill, yeah. Well, I keep seeing his picture on these candle sheets that they sell at the checkout line (laughs) at the grocery store to where he looks like a a, a corpse, just about. But then you, soon after, then you see him in the news where he doesn't look so bad, so who knows? Well, they just I read a bunch of stuff earlier this week that the family was meeting were in his residence above the Clinton Library. Mm-hmm. Forget, is that in Virginia or where is that? Somewhere over in there. But uh, the family was gathering, so I don't know. I uh, think Well, Trey uh, its investigators were going to serve um search warrants on the Clinton Library, which is in Mena, Arkansas. That's in Arkansas. And uh, his investigators were murdered. So Trey Mm -hmm. Gowdy is really going after the Clintons big time, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary's going to save the country. She's going to give a talk to Goldman Sachs about finance. I don't know what it's going to but she's getting 400000 to give a talk to Goldman Sachs. Okay. So I guess she'll give him good financial advice. Well, so I think Obama's going to give a speech, too. I think it was a, it's going to give the speech for 400000 Sam. I think yeah, he, oh. he was. It's the beginning of this week. That's right. <laughs> she might be giving one, but Obama set up to give one because he's being criticized because they said he should be doing it for free. But no, he's getting four hundred grand. Jesus. You know, when you get paid like that, they're ex- people that are doing the pay, and they're expecting something in return. Now, these people are no longer in office. What are they producing in return? Hard to say. You know, Gerald Kushner, I just saw on the Internet, Gerald Kushner is uh, Trump's son-in-law and an advisor. I don't know what the hell he could advise on. Uh, he met with with George Soros and Goldman Sachs. 
Yeah, and then he didn't report it either. He didn't debrief Trump when that happened. He's got investments that they didn't know about either in those groups. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. (laughs) He's in real tight with Netanyahu. We know that about him. Yeah, PP. They're good buddies. Crazy. They're going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Embassy's going United States Embassy. They're going to move to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's that forty-six cool. minute video that I was thinking about that Sam said that he watched that I sent him and I sent to you. In that video, this man, among other things, he says that effectively our president right now is Netanyahu. Of <laughs> course, that's so creepy. Yeah. Well, hey, Ray, it, it, in that video, didn't it say Trump was a pedof- uh, pedophile? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one 13. of the things that I was saying that uh, you have a hard time proving it in court, but it but it sure looks that way. Did no, she get killed? I really, I don't believe that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, did she get killed? Did they waste her? I don't, remember. I don't recall. Yeah, I think, I don't know if she got killed or not. I thought I thought I read uh, watched uh, listen when I was listening I thought that but I don't know crazy crazy world it is crazy sure, sure is but it's all planned <laughs> one way or another he does keep some bad company I mean he's in he's in uh, Jeffrey Epstein's black book so yeah that's that's a little bit yeah just Epstein uh, it looks bad anyway I'll say it looks bad there was yeah, that one so- character. Go ahead. Excuse me. Go, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Sam. Yeah, there was that one character in that 46-minute video. Ray, uh, the guy was Abe Saffron. Yes. Yes. Remember him? He would mm-hmm. take. He would bring these guys and uh, prostitutes. He ran to prostitute, and then there's someone taking pictures to the right. Of these Had that woman taking people. pictures of him while they were in the act, and then they'd blackmail him with it. Yeah, and then, and then she thought she was gonna. Uh, Go make some money off those pictures, I think. And she got killed. That's the one that got mm, killed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of action going on, I'll tell you. Well, you know, it's so weird about all these this black stuff that goes on, you know, the the unconstitutional courts and the Fukushima and the, the Project Blue Bream where they want to bring these EP people in and pretend like they're actually off-worlders and... God, the genocide and the counter-revolution, all this stuff, you know, it's so bad and it's so terrible. And it's all politically and driven, of course, we all know this, by, you know, the off-world people that have gotten the on-world people thinking that the most important thing in the world is to gain power over this planet. But if you you look at what nature does and, and what a really beautiful, magical world it is, in the people themselves, and of course there's like the zombie apocalypse now, but I have to remind myself, you know, that really it is a beautiful world and really things do work out. And and I don't want to sound Pollyannish, but if I didn't feel like by nature the planet was, you know, not going to be taken over and it's not the destiny to for this to continue, and yet since time out of mind it seems like it has been continuing. <laughs> but I think what like Brzezinski said in that one clip, he said uh, what we didn't count on was for the people to become so aware. 
So it really does make a difference, you know, the changes that we're looking for. It's much more powerful to shine the light on these issues, of course, rather than left them unsaid. But uh, I believe that knowing about this stuff, it's important that we remember that it's that there's a reason why we're here learning this stuff and it has to be for the greater good. And there's so many of us in the world doing it. And I don't know, maybe all this control will get taken away out of their hands one way or the other. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, we, we learn as we go along. You're right. Yeah, but how many people discuss what we're discussing here? That's the thing. Well, you know, we got a controlled media. We got a yeah. controlled media putting out all that fake news. You know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of groups, really, a lot of young people, a lot of, you know, like I was renting a storage today from this gentleman down the road that I rented from before, and we're we're looking up, and he's looking at the clouds. It's raining, and there's no 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 cloud. <laughs> For about ten minutes, it rained. There was no clouds. And uh, he said, oh, look at those chemtrails, you know. And so you never know when somebody's more aware than you think, and they they might not have anybody at all to discuss these these things with, but they are out there. And yet at the same th- time, things like NPR gets taken over, you know. Uh, Change.org, uh, all these, the Tea Party, you know, they get taken over, and then people that get behind these causes think they're really on the – on the wagon, you know, to being part of a greater solution, uh, just to find out that it's been circumvented. Their efforts have been circumvented. And, uh, yeah, and it's really true, too, that we all do take the time to show up together, and all of us on this call, everybody on the line now for sure, spends a fair amount of time researching and, you know, looking looking at the man behind the curtain or under the rug, you know. So, yeah, I don't know, Sam. I just like to think that, there's a lot more of us than we think there is, but everybody's, you know, just kind of dumbed down trying to survive. I mean, God. It's, well, thank, it's you, so... thank you. Thank you, Dee, for that. And I'll mention one thing, too, because you're a catalyst, and Steve has said that word before. I was sitting in a Waffle House, and these people were sitting there, and I had seen all these chemtrails in the sky. And so I happened to say look at all those chemtrails. And these guys said, what do you mean? And I said, have you ever seen clouds be straight lines like that before? (laughs) Go home and research. Just look up chemtrails. And for each person who tells someone else who looks it up and goes and looks it up, we can make a difference and we will make a difference. Yeah. I mean, it only takes 3 to 5% to completely flip it. And I think the earth herself you know, started, I started out on this journey with the Native Americans, partly, you know, sitting in circles and learning medicine and stuff. And, you know, they, you know, they, they stay true to, to the earth having her own consciousness and her own agenda. And uh, yes, she's being messed with as much as all of us are. And yet I have great faith in her as a living entity to, you know, make the sh- 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 shake off these insects and these pests that are, you know, have dug deep into it, literally dug into her body <laughs> to try to s- survive, you know. I I don't know. I just think that there's a larger outcome yet to for us to see that we haven't seen yet. I don't know. Well, 
I, I'm going to bring you to be the opposite. Uh, I'm, pessimistic. <laughs> I'm pessimistic. The country's done. There's no hope for the country. God's going to destroy this country anyway because it's Sodom and Gomorrah all over. Same-sex marriage, transgender, homosexuality, 63 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. It's Sodom and Gomorrah all over. And our yeah. government sanctions all this. It's okay. So if, well, so God's going to destroy this country, and the country's done. There's no hope for the country. The yeah, the country is bankrupt. People <laughs> in this country, they have control, total control. And World War III is around the corner. Yeah, but you think about how many of them there are those kinds of people and how many of the actual people, people that care about families and stuff. Somewhere along the line, people becoming aware of their agenda has to mean something, don't you think, Sam, that awareness no, is higher than it's ever been? I think you're a little optimistic. I don't think there's that many people aware of. And if they are aware of, they won't, they won't discuss it anyway, you know. Uh, because well, I, I'll tell you what. I go to uh, I have I go I meet with these guys for breakfast uh, every morning Monday through Friday, and they discuss they never discuss current world events, and I mm-hmm. think most of the people are like that. They don't discuss anything about what's going on in the world or anything like that. Yeah, they don't. I agree with you there. But look, I mean, there's four or five hundred alt media sites, and there's in- tons of spiritual sites and other sites that are looking at these things. Um, maybe they're not talking about it in cafes, but because I know I have very few people in my life that I can have these conversations with. I get insulted all the time by people <laughs> for my radical opinions, but I don't care. You know, my granddaughter asked me, you know, well, Grandma, I'm reading this book. Uh, by, do you know who Bill Bonner is? Bill Bonner is, is a he's a patriot out there writing books and stuff, and he's he's written a book called When the ATMs Go Dark. <laughs> and my granddaughter's like, why are you reading that, Grandma? And I said, because I want to know. She said, are you going to have a guest? Or are you going to speak about it? And I go, no, I just want to know for my myself. I'm curious. You know, what happens, what does happen when the ATMs go dark? Well, I have a pretty good idea. But in my mind, learning about the ins and outs of these things is a positive thing because at least there's somebody out there that knows what's going on. I mean, you're one of those people, Sam. I imagine you've seen a lot in your life, though, and uh, it's kind of hard to be positive when it just appears to be getting worse and worse. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think if we care, it does mean something, even if we're the minority. On one hand, I see what I think is a higher percentage of the people that know some of what we know sure. compared to, say, 35 years ago, back you know, when I was getting into it first. Because I didn't know but just a handful of people then that that knew about it. Of course, I didn't have internet to meet people with either, so I didn't know people way off as much. But on the other hand, I also see that the agenda timeline is so much further along than it was then. So it does get discouraging. In 1977, when Paul Shockley and a group of us 
got invited to York, Pennsylvania to reenact uh, July 7th, 1777. We visited Tom Paine's house and oh, we were everywhere. We went to Washington, D.C. and did a, a meditation in the Washington Tower and the, we had, there was a blackout that happened then and went all the way to New York for a few hours. But um, we were invited there as guests because we were patriots and because we were with our channel, we were exposing a lot of the stuff that's going on that we're learning about now. And they invited, and you would not believe, people from all over the country came there to meet us and to gather there for, for the Unified States of Awareness is what we were calling it. And, you know, getting your ideas together and all being there in truth. And there was a lot of music and we had a, a theatrical event. And, uh, but I couldn't believe it. That was 1977. And people just, they hitchhiked, they flew, they drove in cars. We, seven of us drove all the way from Oregon out to Pennsylvania and back in, in a station wagon to get there. And they housed us in this beautiful mansion. And, um, and I couldn't believe it. I still have some friends uh, that I met during that event that are still on that same timeline, um, which, I, I mean, that's a long time ago. And so, yeah, maybe that was just a handful. There's probably 50 of us that showed up from different states. But we nobody really knew us for sure. They just knew that there was something that they wanted to know that that they thought they could learn, you know. So I guess I've seen a, some of that enough to know that it has really expanded from that from that time because there's big conferences and, you know, events and workshops going on all the time. I'm yeah. sorry or another. I said but I 35, but it was probably about 40 years ago when I first got a hold of some cassette tapes of a fellow speaking about the Illuminati. And that's but what you know, got I, me started. I think that you're right, though. I mean, I think we are going to have to go through a major ordeal coming this year. I think a lot of people are going to get their wake-up call in ways that they don't even see coming. You know, I think this is a big shifting time, especially coming toward the fall. So you might see some of the stuff you're talking about, Sam, is, is you know, who knows what can happen. But I know whatever it is, it's going to be a big shift in our reality I guess it's okay to maybe think it could make things better, but <laughs> it could be wrong. Well, there's a lot of people trying. Well, it's almost 8 o'clock. It's almost 11 o'clock. o'clock. Oh, it's much huh? brighter than that here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's eight o'clock. Well, I got to get up early, so uh, yeah, I might have to call it a day. So, uh, anyway, good talking to everybody, and we should have a pretty interesting <clears throat> venue for next week. Thanks, Dee. Dee. Yeah, thanks, Dee. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Sam, Kelly, Ray, Steve, well, thank you all. Yep. and someone whose name I don't know. <laughs> yeah. See everybody next week. Yep. Have a good right. weekend, everyone. God bless you. Bye. Thank you. God bless you all, too. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.